a number of years ago, and I can't remember <clears throat> just how many years ago, but that's my age, um, I was asked to speak to the Sunday school kids about my work and um, in the old building where the Sunday school used to meet. So I got there nice and early and I got front seat, one of the kiddies seats, and, and I, was, I was sitting there sort of squeezed in and this little boy was, was sitting to my right, curious as who, who this older guy who's just joined Sunday school was. Uh, and I explained to him that I was there, I'd been invited to talk about my work. Um, and he said, well, why would you want to talk about your work? And I was telling him, I can't remember the words I used, but I communicated to him that I loved my work. Uh, to which he said, you love your work? Um, and I said, I do. And I did then, um, and I still do it, uh, love it all these, all these years later. Um, it's not everyone who, who gets to make a difference, who gets to do something that they're passionate about and that they love, and then gets paid for doing it. Um, but that's been, been my... Christian used the word privilege, and it's been my privilege. Um, I'm now in my 24th year, as CEO of the 174 Trust, we're based in what used to be Dunkern Presbyterian Church buildings at the top of the New Lodge Road, uh, Lower, Lower Antrim Road. Um, and I, I, I can say it because others have said it, we, we do make a difference. Uh, we've seen lives changed. We've seen people helped uh, on an average week. Pre-COVID, we would have had more than 2,000 people a week in our buildings, uh, we were open <clears throat> seven days a week and almost three, yeah, well, 365 days a year because there's an AA meeting on uh, on Christmas Day as well. Um, obviously, that's changed somewhat during these COVID times um, and we look forward to getting back. Um, but we have seen lives changed and our contribution in North Belfast is to build a just and peaceful society. Uh, where everyone counts. And where else would I want to do that or exercise that ministry than North Belfast um, that is still blighted by sectarian violence, where there are still walls that divide Protestant communities from Catholic communities. Um, and as a peacemaker and someone who is, again, passionate about peacemaking, where else w w would I want to be? Um, and I've been there uh, in the middle of all of that, and, 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 and you, see, you see it on the news even just this past week or so uh, in, in North Belfast, um, with, with sectarian tension and expressions of intolerance and fear um, caused by violence that often are up, sometimes with small kids, but sometimes with, with, with older people as well. But, but my role is about building relationships um, and, 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 if you like, modeling reconciliation in a divided society. Um, and we, we seek to do that. We, we now have two sites. We have, the, as I say, the, the former Dunkirk Presbyterian Church. But two years ago, the Presbytery gifted us the, the McCrory building, not the church building, but the halls attached to it, right on Dunkirk Gardens. And the thing that attracted me about 
that particular building was the, the back door literally opens out into Hillman Street in the New Lodge and the front door looks out onto Duncan Gardens and across into Tigers Bay, which, which is still sadly uh, North Belfast's most volatile interface. Um, on Friday, I, I was on the interface and Fire Brigade came flying down. They, they, on the Tigers Bay side, they, they, they try to get the bonfire this year as close uh, to the Duncan Gardens interface as they can, and it was it was leaning sideways. I think the fire brigade were were, were concerned that it was gonna it was gonna topple over. But that's indicative of the tension that um, is North Belfast that we're in the middle of. And this McCrory building gives us an opportunity to work um, on that interface with people on both sides. Um, we're about to launch. In August, a new project in in the McCrory Centre that that will hopefully draw in, and we've a number of the young guys signed up, young guys from 14 to 17 who are involved in drugs of one type or another, and the idea is to bring them in. We have a fitness suite about to be equipped, and a boxing club, and we're trying to <clears throat> work with them and with other partner groups that that uh, we're trying to put physical fitness and and, and other developmental work in there um, to, to enable these kids to develop in a more positive way. And at the same time, build relationships. So the very fact that we're, we're getting young people from both sides of the Duncan Gardens interface is crucial to our peace building, peace building efforts. The, the Duncan complex that most people, if you know that part of the city, you'll know that for the last seven years, it's it's been renamed as the Duncan Arts Centre. Um, we, we transformed the, the, the church building um, into a fully-fledged art centre with theatre, cafe, artist workshops and exhibition space as well. But the, the centre as a whole is also home to a nursery school that we run, an after-school project, a disability project that runs three nights a week for kids, teens and now young adults, um, as well as a, an, an older people's group on, on Thursday night. Um, and then there's a whole range of other projects and organisations that have come to call the Duncairn uh, their home as well. And it's from there that, 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 that we work with groups. But we like to say that the Duncairn Centre is more than just an arts centre. Um, and it, it's become a home for, for lots and lots of different activities. In the last two years, there was one particular period where within the space of a number of months, we welcomed both the Irish Prime Minister and the British Prime Minister. Remember, remember those days when Theresa May was the Prime Well, we, we, we welcomed her for a meeting to talk about the B word. Um, and then we, we also had uh, a, a meeting and a, uh, a, an event that involved the Irish Prime Minister as well, and we, we've worked on that. This week, um, I'm, I'm looking, some of you are Facebook, uh, on Facebook with me. If you've been following Facebook this week, for me, th this has just been one of the highlights of, of my year. We, with, with funding we got from the Ireland Fund, we, we completely transformed our back play area, uh, the, the, the rear garden at, at the complex. And a couple of months ago, um, it, I asked this earlier on, and I got one hand. Um, anybody know who Cat Stevens is? Put your hands up. You're allowed to put your hands up. Thanks, Tom. You're allowed to put your hands up if you know who Cat. I said that to one of my staff in the nursery this week. Uh, she had no idea 
who Cat Stevens. I've been a fan of Cat Stevens for almost 50 years. It was the teaser in the Firecat was the first LP I ever bought. Um, anyway, a couple of months ago, I was looking at Cat Stevens' website, and he has this initiative where he fund, he provides funding for playgrounds. Okay, and if you're a Cat Stevens fan, you will know the song Peace Train. Yeah, we're not going to sing it, but. Get it on Spotify later on. So um, he has this initiative where he's got, he creates peace tree and murals. And I thought, what a great idea to finish our, our playground off. So I got an artist, a local artist, and I showed him the stuff uh, from Cat's. I can call him Cat now because we're friends. Um, from his website. And he came back with a design. I said, I love it. Um, so on Wednesday, he put the finishing touches to it. <clears throat> and um, I sent a photograph of it to Cat Stevens because we're Facebook friends. And do you know, within 30 minutes, Cat Stevens messaged, I, I joke you not, he messaged me back, and I've got, the, I've got the photographs on my phone to prove it. He messaged me back and he said, two things I love, peace trains and playgrounds. And I got to tell you, I was just made up. I, my wife was sitting, I was watching the England match, and um, I couldn't concentrate. I was just buzzing. Who can I tell? So I've been boring everybody I can. And uh, work now, they, they, oh, Harry's he's off about Cat Stevens again. But the mural just looks fabulous, I've got to say. If you check it out on, on, on Facebook. I said that because on Thursday morning, the new Lord, Belfast Lord Mayor, Kate Nichols, came. Um, we invited her to come and launch and open the, uh, the playground, and I presented her a book. So if you're a parent or you're a grandparent, get onto Amazon or all other good bookshops and get Peace Train. You can get the lyrics of Cat Stevens' song to these beautiful drawings by an artist whose name I can't remember. I'm not on a commission, um, but I got one for my grandson, and I got one for the nursery, and I got one for the after school, and I got one on Thursday for the Lord Mayor's. She has a one-and-a-half-year-old toddler, and I gave it to her for Cain. So um, get it, and it's just, it's just a gorgeous, gorgeous book. And it, we, we now have the Peace Train mural <clears throat> at the back. But the Dunkirk is not about VIPs, and I can go off on one, you know. And I'm, I'm, My wife says I'm the world's oldest, oldest groupie. Um, but the Dunkirk is not just about VIPs. It's about ordinary people having ordinary conversations with each other. And in the context of North Belfast, that's what makes it extraordinary. Because Protestants and Catholics don't traditionally mix in North Belfast. We live in separate communities, separate schools, and, and all of those divisions that, that, that have come between us. Um, but what makes it extraordinary is that at the Duncairn, both sides, both tribes come together. And what's, act, what's especially lovely is that we're, we're getting more people of colour who are moving into North Belfast and making North Belfast their home. Um, early on in my time, we, we, we facilitated the startup of an Irish language primary school. And one of the first things I learned was how to greet the kids in Irish in the mornings so that I could also say to their parents, majimoy, and greet them, and parents love that. We've got three Muslim kids, uh, two of them from Syria, no English, um, and when the grandmother of, of Sufyan came for the first time in January, um, she, she, she was visibly nervous, um, she's no English herself, and I, I, I greeted her, I said, salam alaikum, 
Um, and she just smiled. And we, we try at the Dunkern to make sure that every single person, whatever their age, whatever their background, whatever reason they've come for, feels welcome, that they feel safe, and they feel at home. And that's really what we're about, providing a safe, shared, welcoming space for everybody. One of my... Um, one, one, of my, one of my heroes, apart from Cat Stevens, is John Paul Lederach. John Paul Lederach is a Mennonite peacemaker uh, who, who lectures and has written books on Northern Ireland as well. And um, <clears throat> he said in one of his books, social healing requires containers large enough to create spaces of interaction, yet close enough to be felt and heard. Close enough to be felt... Social distancing rules apply, but close enough that people can, can be heard, that they can tell their stories, and their stories can be heard. He goes on to say, <clears throat> drama, song, dance, and poetry find ways to both feel and give voice to the unspeakable. Spaces wherein individuals and communities pass through the brokenness of violence and give birth over and over again to the wholeness. This is the poetry of social healing. And that's what we try at the Dunkern. That's why we spent, it took 14 years from the day that I put the idea to my board until the day that we opened the Dunkern Arts Centre. And a small matter of 3.5 million pounds that I had to raise as well. But we feel it was worth it because we've created that sort of a space <clears throat> in a rundown, redundant church and transformed it into, can I say, the award-winning Dunkern Center for Culture and Arts. In the middle, in the very middle of what was known historically as Murder Mile. Murder Mile stretched from North Queen Street up the New Lodge Road, took a jackknife left and then right, right and then left, up the Cliftonville Road, and we're right in the middle of Murder Mile, where communities and neighborhoods are separated and segregated and divided by walls, by walls. And walls do not make good neighbors. And we're there to, to bring those walls down. The support that Carmoney gives my organization helps Speed the day when those walls will become obsolete. So we are that safe, shared space, playing a unique role in building peace and promoting reconciliation, as our logo says, and, 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 and bringing about social healing. All of this, mind you, in a building that for 150 years was church to the congregation at Duncairn where from the pulpit on a Sunday morning, the gospel was loudly and faithfully proclaimed for all of those years. <clears throat> for all of those years. Nowadays, there is no pulpit. <clears throat> where the pulpit was is where the cafe now is. No preaching, at least verbally. And in my time, as I've said 
all the years that I've been at the trust, we try to put into practice the maxim of St. Francis, who said famously, or at least he's attributed, it's attributed to him, preach the gospel always, and only if necessary, use words. Preach the gospel always, and only if necessary, use words. For my organization during my time of leadership, being good news has become the priority. Being good news, not telling it, not preaching it, and there's a place for that, but being good news, showing God's love rather than merely talking about it. That's what we're about. That's what we're about. Um, I'll tell you, <clears throat> November 2019, so about 18 months ago, I was working one of my regular trips to the States and down to Dublin Airport <clears throat> with my passport, boarding pass, got checked in, and then you go through immigration, you go through US immigration in Dublin. Um, and then when you get off the other side, hopefully you, you, you have no problems. November 2018, <clears throat> I approached the the security officer in the in the immigration booth, and I did I present my my passport, my boarding pass, and he, he said, "What's the nature of your trip, sir?" To which I reply, I have a same reply each time. I, I'm a Presbyterian minister, and I'm making a trip to visit partner churches in the states. And he said, <clears throat> he said to me. Do you know who the most famous Presbyterian minister in America is? And I had no idea. Any, anybody? As long as you weren't here earlier on. Anybody? He says, who's the most famous Presbyterian minister in America? No, he, we all have a role. So, so I, I, I said, I'm sorry, officer, I have no idea. He said, Fred Rogers. And I was blank. I mean, he just knew to look at me. That was blank, blanker than normal. And I says, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I've, I've never, I thought it was a joke. I said, I've never heard of Fred. He says, you've never heard of Mr. Rogers? I said, no, I'm really sorry. Because bear in mind, this is a guy who can tell, who can allow me in or send me home. So I didn't want him to annoy him. But he, he says, you've never heard? I said, no. I said, who is he? He said, he had, a, he had a TV show for years and years and years in the States. And I said, what, what do you mean? He, he said it was a kid's TV show, and he taught kids how to be kind. And I said, right, you've got to tell me more. So I'm having this conversation and there's a queue, people looking to, to, to board the flight. So yeah, he says he had this, this TV show um, that ran for, was incredibly famous in the States. So famous I'd never heard of it. But he says, and he taught kids how to be kind. So, I, so we, anyway, he stamped my passport and he said, have a good trip, sir. So I went through, left my hand luggage down, got a cup of coffee, got my phone out, got onto YouTube, Googled, uh, Fred Rogers, um, and I saw these black and white images of this TV show um, in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, I think, ran right through. And it looked so, uh, so dated, 
Um, and so dull, I, I wasn't sure. So, but it was fascinating anyway. Flew in, arrived in New York, was going to get my connecting flight, walked past a news agent, Hudson News, and there, almost tripping me up, was a stand with magazines and a whole display of Time Life special on Mr. Rogers. I thought, how, I mean, how weird is that? I hear about him in, in Dublin, and I arrive in the States, and I see this Time Life special. I bought the magazine, and I still have it. Um, and in the magazine, then, I, I found out that Tom Hanks was going to star in a movie. Um, and, and so I arrived in my other flight. And during that trip, I bought a biography uh, um, about Fred Rogers. So when I came back home, I was an expert on, on Fred Rogers and eagerly anticipating the movie, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, because that's what the, that's what the show was called. That was a song in the show, and that's what the Tom Hanks movie... Anybody... Anybody seen A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood? Okay. Put it on your list, I don't know, Netflix or Prime. Buy the DVD, get it. it is, it's just a wonderful show. Tom Hanks is Mr. Rogers. Um, and when you watch the original YouTube, you, you will see how, how, I mean, he's a fabulous actor, but it's a beautiful movie. It's a beautiful movie. But between the movie and the, the, the Time Life special and the biography, we're given an image, uh, given the picture of a man who, as the writer says, is a champion of compassion, equality, and kindness. Now, I don't know, I don't know if you think morbid thoughts about or if you're going to be buried, you're going to be cremated, but if you're going to be, but what's going to be on your tombstone? But I've got to say, and I haven't made up my mind which of those things I want, but if when I'm gone, if somebody could say of me that he was about equality and, uh, and, and compassion and kindness, I would think that's a life well lived. And that was certainly true of Fred Rogers. <clears throat> he famously said, <clears throat> and in the, the book does, the three, three steps or three ways to ultimate success. And who doesn't want to be a success? In life? Do you know what the three, I'll give you the secret this morning, okay? Three ways to ultimate success. The first one is to be kind, okay? The second one, are you waiting? The second one is to be kind. And the third one, any takers, any guessers? Be kind. Three ways to ultimate success. Be kind, be kind, be kind, be kind. Let me read to you from John chapter 1, the first chapter of, of, of John's gospel. <clears throat> In the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light, the one who is the true light, 
who gives light to everyone who was coming into the world. He came into the world he created, but the world did not recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with physical birth resulting from human passion or pain, but a birth that comes from God. Verse 14. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Eugene Peterson paraphrases that verse, verse 14, thus. The word became flesh and blood and moved into our neighborhood. The word became flesh and blood and moved into our neighborhood. Now, even during during Jesus' time on earth, it was impossible, physically impossible for him to be everywhere, in every neighborhood, in every nation. He can't be in every neighborhood. But we can't. His followers can't. And we are. Fred Rogers created this imaginary town for his TV program. And he had little trains and cars that he moved about and puppets that he made. We can't. We can't make an imaginary neighborhood as much as we maybe would like it. But we can transform the neighborhood that we live in. We can help to shape it, to change it, and to make it more like the picture that God has in his mind and in his heart. And we can do that by modeling some of the same values of Mr. Rogers, being compassionate, working for and fighting for equality, fairness, and kindness. Those are the values, of course, epitomized by the one that Fred Rogers followed, the one that we claim to follow. And I wonder what what would happen in our neighborhoods, in our day, if we who are called by his name, if we who are called to be like him, give ourselves in selfless service for others. What would happen if we became good news in our neighborhood? I think our neighborhood would truly become a beautiful place. It would become a beautiful day in our neighborhood. Let me pray with you. Gracious God, we we thank you that in love you sent Jesus and in selfless service he gave himself for us and left us an example to follow 
in the way we treat others, in the way we speak to others, in how we live our lives. Grant us that we might hear this morning, maybe if we've never heard it before, that need to, to give ourselves in the cause of others. In the hope and in the prayer that with your help, we can transform our neighborhood, this place that we call home. And we pray that that place might become a place where you're glorified. And we pray this prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen.